0: I met a guy recently who told me that he spends roughly $250,000 a month. I talked to another person recently who made $50 million at the age of 30. What do you do with that money? How do you spend it? How do you not spend it? What do you invest in? If you meet a rich person, these are questions everyone wants to know, but you're too embarrassed to ask. That's the whole premise of MoneyWise. We talk to real people who have made a significant amount of money and we ask them all about their finances. My name's Sam Parr, and the podcast is called MoneyWise. That's one word, money wise. You can find MoneyWise wherever you get your podcasts. We have headlines to get to. Steve Goldstein Goldie is going to join us this hour from St. Louis. Panthers and Blues tonight. Oh, I mentioned this yesterday. Good contest at WQAM.com. Actor and comedian Paul Reiser coming to the Broward Center a week from Friday. And if you want to win tickets, just go to WQAM.com, click on the contest tab, and you could be on your way to see Paul Reiser at the Broward Center. That is a funny dude right there. Uh, We'll get headlines here with Alejandro Solana. There is a lot or was a lot going on in Miami sports yesterday and uh, still more going on today. We keep an eye on any word of Vic Fangio making it official with the Miami Dolphins, and uh, and we'll talk with Goldie as well. So let's get some headlines here in the 3 o'clock hour with Alejandro Solana.
1: The sports update, it's driven by the new Palmetto Ford Truck Super Center. Why buy your truck at a car store? Palmetto Ford, we know trucks. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. 305. Dolly. 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 God Dolly.
0: Thank you, Jimmy. 305, sponsored by Anna Jarn Levine. Accident attorneys, call 1-800-747-FREE. 1 800 747 3733.
1: This just pops up on my stream here on my Twitter feed. So I'll bring it up. Did you see that uh, per CNBC? So I'm sure you saw it. NBC, Apple, and Amazon, they're all interested in the NBA streaming rights. I also saw that NBC is willing to roll out the checkbook for or or to in order to get back the NBA rights. Like they're, they're willing to go back to the old school days. And, uh, and outbid everybody for the NBA again.
0: The uh, the NBA on NBC was, you know, benchmark in my days. And that's where John Tesh, round ball rock, came into play. Do we have that in the system? Look that up. John Tesh, Roundball ball rock. One of the greatest sports themes of all time. I would love to see the NBA return to NBC for the nostalgia of it, and I like when new networks take over a major sports league because you get to see, you know, how they decide to interpret their broadcasts and all that. You have that song?
1: I I, I guess is it the NBA and NBC song? Sure, because that's what yeah, I have it labeled. Probably, Round
0: Ball Rock was the official title. It was probably NBA on NBC.
1: <laughs> well, that's
0: Kawhi Leonard. <laughs> That, of course, was Kawhi Leonard doing his version of Round Ball Rock. Ah! Oh, such an unbelievable theme. So I've seen John Tesh in concert before. And when he plays this, man, it is just wild.
1: What a great theme song. You saw him in concert? A number of times. What is he? John Tesh? Yeah, what, like, he well, made more songs than this?
0: Oh, my God. He is a prolific instrumental artist. Now, you probably don't even know John Tesh was the host of Entertainment Tonight for many years.
1: Had no idea.
0: Who did you think John Tesh was? Or, have you, or do you just have no idea who John Tesh no is? No idea
1: who John Tesh is. Absolutely no idea. And to tell you the truth, when I think of this song, I think of NBA and NBC, but I think of uh, NBA jams more than anything, and I can't hear it anymore without thinking of Kawhi Leonard.
0: Uh, I can understand that. You're a young guy, and we played that song a lot more than you would have heard it on the network. No, John Tesh, when, uh, when I was growing up, John Tesh was the anchor of Entertainment Tonight, and that was the only show of its kind. You know, there wasn't... Inside Edition and uh, Hollywood, what is it, like Hollywood, what is it, Access Hollywood, all these shows. Entertainment Tonight was it, and John Tesh and Mary Hart were the two hosts. And then all of a sudden people found out that John Tesh was also a musician, and uh, he is a phenomenal performer. Anyway, I digress. I did see the story about NBA Uh, the potential return of the NBA to NBC, and I'm all for it. I would love it. And you know they'd bring that song back.
1: Oh, they'd have to. Yeah. They'd have to. Uh, So, here we go. The Miami Hurricanes, according to Sports Illustrated, Ross Dellinger at SI, they say that they're expected to hire Houston's Shannon Dawson as offensive coordinator and quarterback's coach. All right. Getting the positions filled. Cane's Hoops, by the way, beat UNC 80-72. to They're back at home Saturday, 2 p.m. They host Wake Forest. They're 21-5 overall.
0: Yeah, pretty wild. They're ranked 15 in the nation right now. Um, beat UNC on the road. You said it earlier. They're unranked, but still beat UNC on the road. Take care of Wake. They're going to go up in the rankings again.
1: Panthers beat the Wild 2-1 to in a shootout yesterday. Bobrovsky willed the team to victory. He had the game-clinching save in the shootout. Cats, they're back at it tonight in the loo. They play the blues at eight PM.
0: You can hear the game right here on five sixty WQAM.
1: Heat did lose to the Nuggets yesterday, one hundred twelve to one oh eight. No Tyler Hero in that game, but Tyler Hero announced, uh, or I shouldn't say he announced, but uh several reports have confirmed that Hero accepted a bid to participate in the NBA's three point shooting contest. Here are the contestants. All right. According to Sham Sharania, Damian Lillard. Okay. Jason Tatum. I like it. Tyrese Halliburton. Mm-hmm. Tyler Hero. Buddy Heald. Okay. Kevin Werder. All right. Lori Markkinen. Mm-hmm. Anthony Simons. I'll tell you what. He should absolutely
0: participate in that. It would give Heat fans something to root for. and uh, And I like the lineup. That three-point contest has completely usurped the slam dunk contest. A for star power but B, just for excitement because you know the guys who are competing.
1: It's a decent lineup. I love the fact that Hero is in it, but can we say star power if the best three-point shooter in the game isn't a part of it and maybe the second best three-point shooter in the game isn't a part of it either?
0: But the the only reason I say star power is you know every single participant. And you don't know any of the slam dunk participants. You never do. So, I mean, literally, I don't care if it's Lowry Markinen or Buddy Heald. Like, you know them all, at
1: least. Yeah. Uh, Glenn Rice in 95, Jason Capono in 07, Daquan Cook in 2009, James Jones in 2011. What do they all have in common? They're all Heedles who won the three-point shooting contest, and they all won it in odd years. 2023 Tyler Hero, three-point shooting contest champion, book it. In what years? Odd years.
0: Oh, odd years. I think he said all years. Not odd
1: even. years. Gotcha. I'm just looking for any tie-in to, to crown Tyler Hero. But the Miami Heat... I mean, is the, he a
0: great three-point
1: shooter? What? Of course. Great? He's the best in the league. <laughs> what? Is he the best on the team? Well, I don't know about that. I mean... <laughs> Max is pretty good. Right. Duncan Robinson, when he's healthy, is pretty good. But they want Tyler Hero. I mean, he's a oh he's no, a draw. no no no! I, I'm telling
0: you, I I would if you said to me you could have Max Truce representing the Heat, and I love Max Truce, or you could have Tyler Hero. Tyler Hero's gonna do it with some flair. Tyler Hero's got that confidence, that aura. It makes for good television. So
1: I'm I'm all for it. I love it. After last night, I mean, put Jamari Bouye in the competition. You called it. The Bouye game, I did call it.
0: Did he have more than one three? I saw the first three. He and did. Then, and then I saw him uh, chuck up another, and it, and it didn't hit. And then I, I was flipping he, back and forth. There were three games last he night. He had a
1: pair of threes yesterday. He had 10 points. He played in the fourth quarter. He played 27 minutes. Dude's contract expires in five days. And the best part about it is that he took Jokic, like literally took him, stepped back three-pointer, and uh, and and Spo went nuts because they called a travel on Bouye. It was clearly not a travel. I mean, he put the ball on the floor to dribble it, and the referees just missed it, and Spo was fuming on the sidelines.
0: He uh he could have been a highlight over Jokic instead.
1: Just an infraction. Ibaka do anything for you? As what? As an addition to As an to addition team. to the Miami Heat? Yeah. Is that what people are saying? Uh, I I didn't see this, but Tobin, when I was driving in, he said that Anthony Chang reported that there's mutual interest. Anthony Chang of the Miami Herald. There's mutual interest between the Heat and Serge Ibaka.
0: How old is Serge Ibaka now?
1: He's got to be upper 30s. I'll double check right now.
0: Does he do anything for me? So as a replacement for Dwayne Dedman, essentially?
1: Yeah, I mean, Orlando Robinson right now has the backup role, but he can only play X amount of games unless the Heat convert his contract to an actual roster spot. Sergi Baca's 33 right now. Wow. so younger He is than I thought. much
0: younger than I thought. 33 years okay,
1: old. Okay, I'm in. I'm in. You sold me. Little Ibaka Frita. Ibaka Frita? Ibaka Frita, baby. What a baby.
0: great nickname.
1: Serge Ibaka Frita. Where did you hear that? Where did you hear that? Came up with it. Get out of here. I may have taken it from Twitter about six years ago. Hmm. Uh, One or the other. I don't know. If he plays in Miami, Ibaka Frita. Ibaka Frita, man. It's an
0: amazing nickname. Now I want him down here just for that.
1: That is a great idea by you. Russell Westbrook or Serge Ibaka Frita. Ibaka Frita. Thank you. Uh, let's see what else I have here. I mentioned the Panthers play tonight and uh the Heat they play tomorrow at Brooklyn. Did you see uh per Fox Sports, Rihanna's halftime performance had more viewers than the Super Bowl? Is that true? Yeah. Wow. The, the Super Bowl had 113 million for the game. That was the the highest it had. Halftime performance 118.7 million. I saw
0: a cool tweet by Ross Tucker, one of our frequent guests who just said for his podcast, he was asking for people who didn't watch the Super Bowl to contact him because he wanted to interview someone who just on Sunday night didn't watch the Super Bowl. Because, you know, there was all this talk about UFOs. They're shooting everything out of the sky. And I thought to myself, you know what? What a perfect night for aliens to invade. We're all busy. We're watching TV. Like if they if they wanted to, like I was like, wow, this might be happening tonight. Like they've been watching us; they know every single person is glued to their TVs on Sunday night, and so they're like, bleep, 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 bloop, bloop, here we go. And and I was like, oh, this might actually be happening. Perfect night to do
1: it. It's such a great point, man. Right? Is there is there another night, at least in the United States, where that many people are glued to their TVs? I mean, maybe the World Cup final. You're talking about the United States the only United or the world?
0: States, the because the world, the
1: world is watching the Super Bowl as well. Yeah, It pales in comparison sure. to the World Cup final, but they are. Maybe maybe like election night, right? On, on November 6th or whatever right. it is. But we
0: know we don't even get the results that night. Right. Like you know you're going to get the results on Super Bowl Sunday.
1: But everybody's still kind of tuned in sure. to some sort of network. Sure. There may not be a better night where everybody is occupied doing something. Everybody doing the same thing.
0: Texted in, uh, what would be the perfect night for extraterrestrials to invade the U.S.? 305-567-0560. Kendall Toyota text line.
1: Your weather? From the DeMesman and Dover Law Firm. Call them 866-954-MORE. Visit youraccidentattorneys.com. That's their website. That's a great question for Steve Goldstein, by the way.
0: All right, I'll ask him in the next segment.
1: Right now in South Florida, partly cloudy. It's around uh, upper 70s right now. Pretty decent afternoon. Tonight the lows will drop into the upper 60s. That is your weather. Goldie is going to join us next. You're listening to the Hawk and Crowder Show.
0: (laughs) Hawk and Crowder. He's from the Lou, and he's proud. Steve Goldstein is with us on the Toyota of Hollywood hotline. Goldie, play-by-play announcer for the Florida Panthers on Bailey Sports. Tonight's Panthers game is on ESPN+. Plus, So, Goldie gets Valentine's night off. What are you going to do uh, Valentine's night in St. Louis? What are you going to do?
2: Let's say this is the highlight. So, that tells you all you need to know. <laughs> this is your romance? Oh. This is the romance for tonight. With you and Solana, it's it's good romance. Oh, I love you guys. And uh, yeah, I'll just hang out. And um, like everybody else, I'll just watch the game. And then tomorrow the team stays over tonight. And then tomorrow we'll go to Washington for, you know, what really is, Hawk, it's the game of the season so far. They'll have more of those coming up because they're already in playoff mode. But Thursday night in Washington, head to head, that's going to be big.
0: Well, talk about this for a sec, Goldie, because the Panthers' great shootout win last night. But starting with the win against Boston right before the All-Star break, they have looked damn good. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, we had talked with you uh, at the All-Star break. We talked with you from uh, All-Star Friday night when we were out there, and you kind of laid out what would need to happen, and it started, you know, with that Boston victory on the Saturday night uh, prior. But um, what are we thinking here? Is it it starting to happen?
2: Well, we're down to 19-7 okay like a month and a half ago we talked about this it was like they had to go 32 and 13 or something so they've been doing some winning and as i told you the easiest way to break it down is they can only lose once a week so last week they only lost once this week there's three more games they really have to win two of them hopefully the one head-to-head against washington it is becoming more and more doable and last night was so big because now even if you drop the game tonight and it's a tough one in the back-to-back situation, you know, you win the next two and you had a great trip. you got to win three out of four on the road trip. And then after Saturday's game in Nashville, they play one road game in a month, and that game is in Tampa. So basically there is no travel, and th- they've got a legitimate shot. A- and the whole key, and we've talked about this, you know, you said, I think Crowder was the one at the all-star, you know, game that Friday night that asked me, you know, what's going to be the key? I said, you got to get the saves. I mean, that's the bottom line. We know they could score enough. Uh, they can play well enough. And Sergei Bobrovsky in in the four games since the All-Star break, Hawk, has been amazing, and he was unbelievable last night. It's one of the best games I've seen him play as a Panther. So that's
0: what the difference is. That's why it seems like it's gelling right now, because we had talked with, I think it was Josh Appel, who said goal scoring, like their goal numbers are fine. It's goals allowed, and it has been corrected, seemingly.
2: Yeah, 100%. I mean, they've been scoring all year. Um, You're going to have games like last night where they played a team in Minnesota that was in the exact same position they're in. You know, basically the same number of points. They're tied for a final playoff spot. Panthers are trying to get within a point of that spot. And they're going to be desperate, too. And their goalie played well, and they played a heavy game. But, I mean, that save Bobrovsky made in overtime with 12 seconds left. And the two breakaways that he stopped when the game was tied at one and then You know, Minnesota is the best team in the league in the shootout. And he makes, you know, those saves on Kaprizov and then to close it out. uh, Yeah. Like like if he doesn't make that great save on Spurgeon with 12 seconds left in overtime. Yeah, they would have gotten a point. But we'd be be talking today about, oh, yeah, maybe it's just not there this year. And you're just talking about, you know, a handful of saves that he makes. So uh, if he can keep it going, they're in pretty good shape.
0: Again, the, uh, the Panthers game tonight's on ESPN Plus, so no Goldie tonight. But you can listen to the game. Doug Plagans will be on the call here on 560 WQAM. Let me, let me uh, shift over to the Super Bowl because everyone knows that you also do the Dolphins preseason play-by-play on CBS 4. Um, the holding penalty at the end of the mm-hmm. Super Bowl. We've talked about this. Uh, Crowder was here yesterday. We talked about it
2: extensively. Uh, are you outraged by the call? Uh, You know, outrage is a very strong word, Hawk. I don't want to say outraged. I want to say more disappointed. I'm not big on referees, you know, costing teams games. I mean, the Eagles had, you know, 59 minutes and, you know, what, 60, 70 plays on each side of the ball. They could have, you know, done better. They lost a 10-point lead at halftime. She still might have kicked the field goal. You don't know if the Eagles would have come back. So outrage would be the wrong word. I would say more disappointed um, because plays like that happen every play in a football game. I mean, you could call holding illegal use of the hands, you know, defensive holding. You can call it all day long. And, you know, by letter of the law, yes, it was a penalty. But they let that stuff go all the time in week eight in the second quarter. So, outraged, no, disappointed, yes. Unlike the one member the Rams and the Saints in that championship, that was a blown – that was the wrong call. That was outrageous. This was not the wrong call. It was just a real technical letter by the law call in a tough situation. Because
0: nobody, I don't think, would have been outraged if it wasn't called. Right. Nobody. Nobody's like, even even um, Juju Smith Schuster, he wasn't looking around like, where's the where's the where's the flag? Like, I don't think anyone would have been outraged if it wasn't called, which is kind of what I use as the barometer of. Is this a blown call? Is this a wildly obvious call that needs to be called? Or was it a call that would have just you know slipped under the radar? They would have kicked a field goal, and then uh, you would have gotten to see Jalen Hurts. What did what did you learn Sunday night? I learned that Jalen Hurts is a mm-hmm. baller. Like I knew Patrick Mahomes was. We've seen it. I learned Sunday night Jalen Hurts is something special.
2: He really is, and and so Devonta Smith. By the way, we knew that why well, you know that he's great too. But you know, Hurts was. He he's a top guy, you know. And maybe a few weeks ago, you thought, "Hey, they were a great team this year," but maybe you didn't put him, as you said, in your top three, your top five quarterbacks in the league. And uh, he he firmly deserves to be there. I couldn't agree with you more. And what a class guy after the game, you know, the stuff he was talking about. Hey, you, know, you got to take things like this and learn from them, and you know, be better for it, and use it as a as a springboard. Just a real, you know, leader of a team. So. Uh, yeah, I agree with you. I think that's that's the great takeaway, that he's, he's a top handful of quarterbacks in the league. Goldie, going into the AFC Championship
1: game, everybody was comparing Mahomes and Burrow. And on our show, a lot of people had Burrow and Mahomes 1A, 1B. Maybe <laughs> Burrow has the nod. Maybe Mahomes has the nod on any given Sunday. Can we put that to rest? Because I always felt it was Mahomes... And then everybody else. Burrow's up there, but it's Mahomes and everybody else. And to me, Sunday cemented it. It's Burrow right now. Now that Brady's retired, in a league of his own, moving forward for the next decade,
2: maybe. You know, the numbers are the numbers. The results are the results. I agree with you. You know, the, these other guys are great, and you know you can go back and forth. But hey, three Super Bowls in four years, and and you and you win and you win a couple. I mean, what else could you say about Patrick Mahomes? I mean, he. He is the best quarterback. He doesn't always do it in the conventional way. And, and now we see just how tough he is. You see how the teammates love him Everybody plays so hard for him and playing through that injury. I agree. He is now the guy that is head. that is that good head and shoulders above. And think about this. As great as we watched the best wide receiver season by a Miami dolphin ever. And we had some great ones with dupe and Clayton you know, and others, as great as we watched Tyree Kill, that team and that quarterback lost Tyree Kill, still won the Super Bowl, and scored 38 points in winning it. That that kind of tells you a lot about him, too. When
0: are we going to learn something about Vic Fangio? What uh, we, we, We've been waiting and waiting and waiting. When are we going to
2: learn something officially? I got to think this week, Hawk, that, uh, or next week, you know, the next – how about the next five to seven business days? They always tell you when you get a delivery, right? It'll be there in five to seven business days. That's when I think they'll make it official. that had to wait till the Super Bowl was over uh, and a couple more position coaches to hire. And I think it's real intriguing for the Dolphins. I think they kind of got an experienced Mike McDaniel on defense because Fangio likes all the schemes and moving players around pre-snap and all those things. So I'm guessing over the next week and he's got to hire a safeties coach, linebackers coach, and... Uh, Hey, away they go into the offseason. We know there really is no quiet time in the NFL. You can see in the combine right around the corner.
0: It does seem like coaching-wise, you know, genius on the offensive end, genius on the defensive side now. Like, it does does seem like this could, and I don't want to put the cart in front of the horse, but it does seem like this could be shaping up to be a special team, no?
2: I, you know, I think it all hinges, you know, it's kind of like we talked about with the Panthers, you know, that you could take everything else. And then the big piece is the goalie. The Dolphins, I agree with you. You could take everything else. The big piece is to a staying healthy. That's the bottom line. When he's been healthy the last two years, they win. And when he's not, they generally lose. I mean, it just, that's the way it is. He, he's one of those top guys when he's playing. You know when he was rolling early in the season, I thought he was on, in the MVP conversation. Um, so yeah, they've got all the other pieces in place for the most part. Any little help on the offensive line, they got to figure out what they're doing at running back. You know, a few things here and there, M- maybe sure up the linebacking, figure out what they're doing at corner um, as, as far as depth is concerned. But you're right, a lot of the elements are there. But he's got to be healthy because if he's not healthy, they're not beaten. Solano, who you just mentioned, they're not beating Joe Burrow in the playoffs. They're not beating Patrick Mahomes in the playoffs. And we saw they're not beating Josh Allen in the playoffs, though they came really close and could have. They they need Tua to be healthy. And, hey, I thought the most intriguing thing, guys, for the Dolphins out of Super Bowl week was Tua talking about what kind of regimen he's going to go through in the offseason to learn how to fall better. And, not, and I know it may sound silly to people, but this is a thing, that you protect yourself a little bit better um, so you don't get that head snapping back. And I, and I think that's going to be a huge factor this offseason. Can he figure out a way to not take those types of hits?
1: I was going to mention, Goldie, Tua, he's going to take up judo. Every Friday, he said, he's going to be it. doing judo.
0: But you know what? Like Solana and Crowder were making fun of that when the news came out. Oh, he's taking hey. judo. But I'm like, yeah, if it takes judo and water aerobics and jazzercise, whatever it takes. Like jazzercise. like 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 we've seen he's got he's got an issue with that head snapping yeah. back and and so
2: why not do everything in your power to to see if you can mitigate it at all? Well, it'd be irresponsible if he didn't. I mean, what's the definition of an insanity, right? Doing the same thing over and over again hoping for a different result. You know, Kimbo Camper said something interesting. He was talking about the neck muscles, you know, how you can get stronger in the neck area so that your head doesn't move quite as much. He was saying that on the Dolphin Show on CBS4 last week um, with Cugno and Congemi. I thought that was a pretty interesting point because, you know, Bo Bo is an old-school guy, you know, and if if it wasn't a thing, Kimbo Camper would not hesitate and go, ah, that's a bunch of garbage, that doesn't have, you know, you can't and he was talking about that, so... You know, I, I hope it's a real thing, all of it, and I hope he can figure out a way to minimize these types of injuries. He seems to think he can, so we'll we'll all find out, find out together in in the fall. For uh, for
0: those who don't know, we uh, we video all our segments now, and Solana posts them on the WQAM YouTube channel after the show. And uh, Goldie is wearing an MSD Strong T-shirt, and today is the fifth anniversary of the Parkland murders, it was 17 innocent students and faculty slaughtered by this sick, disgusting individual whose name I won't mention. Um, but as I see your your T-shirt and know that today is the fifth anniversary, and I remember being on the air as it was happening, We were uh, we were in the old studios and we were kind of watching, I think, CBS 4, Uh, we were watching their coverage and then at some point we just went to the audio and listened to it because it was so horrific, but it is important. I think here, certainly in South Florida, take a moment today to think of those who lost their lives and think of their loved ones who, you know, suffered at the hands of this madman. And and I do think um, I think about the Panthers because I believe they played that night. And Mm -hmm. I think Roberto Luongo Lived in Parkland, right? And didn't mm-hmm. didn't he have words to say that
2: night before the game? Yeah. Well, first off, these shirts—they're they're Panther shirts. You know, the Panthers remembering the 50 year, five years, and all the names are on the shirt. So, you know, we do our small little part. Try try to remember. Um, we were in Vancouver that day. It was one of the hardest broadcasts I've ever done because I had to come on the air at the top of the broadcast. You know, by myself and address it. Um, and it was difficult cause I was as much saddened like everybody as I was angry, like a lot of people that, that this thing happened, but yeah, we were in Vancouver and I remember at the morning skate, they started getting word and Luongo lives in Parkland, Derek Mackenzie lived in Parkland. The guys, the older guys with kids were on their cell phones, like really serious, like outside the locker room. And then all of a sudden you start finding out and they had kids that were in the elementary school. So as people remember, you know, all the schools got locked down you know, in that moment, they didn't really know what was going on. So, um, and then we had the first whole game was like 10 days, I think, later when the Panthers came home and Longo made the very famous, yeah. uh, you know, famous speech. You know, the the sickening thing, for lack of a better word, is that here we are five years later on this day, guys, and nothing has changed. No. I mean, it didn't change when the little kids were murdered. And I appreciate you using the word murder hawk and not the parkland tragedy because yes it's a tragedy but it's a murder it was a deliberate thing you know a tragedy is a car accident by accident this wasn't that so you know you go back to connecticut in newtown and you get the school shooting at parkland and fifth anniversary is today and here we are last night everybody's watching you know a bunch of college students and kids at michigan state running for their lives again so um but that's obviously another whole subject but yeah, I appreciate everybody. You know, we all try to do our little part and acknowledge. And remember, you mentioned the victims, but there's a ton of people, you know, family, friends, kids that witness this stuff that are all still alive. Yeah. That are all still living with it, too. And that's that's really sad.
0: That's what I say. Just take a moment today. Think about, obviously, the 17 who lost their lives, but all the loved ones who, you know, suffer with this now every day anyone that was part of it just uh, a brutal brutal day in south florida history uh steve goldstein so he's in st louis and panthers tonight panthers and blues you can hear it on 560 wqam you can watch it on espn plus goldie thank you for making some time for us today
2: thank you always good to see you appreciate it thanks
0: goldstein goldie uh very nice conversation with him Unfortunately, this is the Hock and Crowder Show. Daniel Berger, professional golfer, local guy. How's the course playing uh, today, as a matter of fact? Hock and Crowder.